0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spill the Baby Tea, a podcast where we can only talk about all things motherhood and parenthood. My name is Helen Wu Wang, I'm a mom to an 18-month-old baby boy, and I'm here to create a space where we can all share, connect, and feel a little less alone. On today's podcast, I bring on my mom, Mama Wu. She is visiting from her hometown of Boston. So I had to take up this opportunity to bring her on the podcast. And today we're going to talk about both the differences and the similarities between parenting as an immigrant mother in the 1980s and parenting as a second generation Asian-American now in the 21st century.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Mama Wu. Hello. Thank you for having me again. To all the parents
0: out there, we are in this together, so let's get this episode started. As with every episode of Spill the Baby Tea, we are going to start with our giggle and drool of the week. Since you are my guest, Mom, can you share with our guests your drool of the week? What moment was a bit more difficult for you this past week? And just as a heads up, my mom will be speaking a mix of Hoi Sanhwa, which is our native tongue, our native language, Toisanese Hoi Sanhwa. Um, and I will be doing a little bit of translation. So go for it, mom.
1: I'm very happy, mom. 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 So, to the hospital, happy.
0: so your drool of the week is that every time you visit Los Angeles, you are sad that you have to go back to Boston because those first few days back home is when you're not, you know, with us, your two daughters, and also your sisters, your two sisters and your mom. So that is
1: your drool of the week. Yes.
0: How about your giggle of the week? What's made you happy this past week?
1: The very, very happy time is last week. Uh, my whole family go uh, to Palm Springs. Uh, the whole family go over there for vacation, and I so happy. I pick up my my mother and my sister. I see my mother so happy. I ganga happy. No matter what I do for her, it's family together, spend the time together.
0: Oh, so her giggle of the week is that this past weekend, we went to Palm Springs as a family. It was actually, I think the first time that our family ever stayed in an Airbnb together and we brought my grandma. So her giggle and her happiest time was seeing my grandma happy. This Airbnb actually had a game room in it and I'm adding language right now to my mom, but this Airbnb had a game room and my grandma was playing ping pong and basketball and they were just cackling at foosball because they've never played foosball before and it was just a hilarious sight to see my mom my aunt and my grandma try to play foosball i don't think they made any goals (laughs) so something that i've really come to appreciate as a mom is the growing dynamic between myself and my mom She has been so instrumental not only in raising me to be the woman that I am today, but in helping me to care for my son as well. Over the past year, I heard many stories from my mom about how different it was for her to raise me back in the day. How she had to reuse diapers, wash my poop from the diapers with her own hands, how she swore she potty trained me at one year old, and I'm always like, That's crazy. So, for today's episode, I wanted to cover the differences between raising two daughters in the 1980s as an immigrant Asian mom and raising a son now in the 21st century as a second generation Asian American woman. So, mom, just off the top of your head, what are some differences that you can identify?
1: Hung money, ya mong and hoy bong, motto to your togail or to Gas and me, you hike a new mommy. So in the motto toom set, then seeing what I hung in guy, my pon book finally. Jose pon book, yip we poo, yang ne. young nap. Jeping with giggling with your head more giggling with your garden more foot, call a yang ne.
0: Okay, pause, pause, I need, I need to translate. <laughs> so the most difficult thing was her coming to America. How old were you? 23? She was 23. So when she first came to America, she didn't have much help. She didn't know the language. And what she did, she she didn't have much money either. So what she did was she went to Chinatown and bought a book and followed the book step by step, page by page, to understand how to raise a child.
1: And that's how she raised us. it uh, wait. wait. <laughs> I can't remember all that. So... <laughs> it
0: was very difficult because she was not confident in going outdoors with us because she was so new to the country so we wouldn't go to the park we wouldn't go outdoors we wouldn't really do anything until my dad was free Mm -hmm. from work on the weekends and then just one day a week we would go out and try and do a few things Mm -hmm. I think
1: I translated that correctly Uh, and when our
0: schools had field trips she always wanted to go but she never went
1: yeah really helpless and i we have unfortunately more than that sorry
0: uh she says that back then she felt very helpless because it was just difficult for her as you know as a new immigrant um to this country and i think just the fear of um the fear of the language and discrimination discrimination and all that so the things that we my sister and i do with our kids are things that she never um could do with us unfortunately and she says sorry don't be sorry mom Helen here. I want to take a moment to add something because I wish I leaned into this conversation a bit more. But because of our dynamic growing up, not talking a lot about our emotions in our household, it was a reflex of mine to skip over my mom's sorry. My mom has never said sorry about this part of our past before and I can tell hearing back in her voice that she really meant it. I think a mom will always feel like they want to give their best to their kids, and when they themselves feel unable to because of the language barriers, because of the difficulty of navigating the world around you, because of the innate fear of showing up in a foreign world, I think that's something that she really struggled with as a mom who wanted to give the most to her children. And I think a lot of immigrant parents probably go through this same sentiment. So I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge how deep that sorry went, and how much the love of a mother was behind that sorry. In any case, let's resume the conversation.
1: I Language is also very important. I'm late. I'm going to go to the classroom to learn English. It's good to have a good communication. He can help with the homework. But.
0: And so after work, she would also go to school so that she can learn English and hopefully help us with our homework. So she said that even though she wanted to spend all this time with us, there really wasn't a lot of time to spend with us because she was spending that time with schoolwork so that she could help us in the future.
1: Yeah. And see you you in China, from high and in college, GED
0: so, in China, she graduated from high school, but here in the US, you do need to get your GED to be considered a high school graduate.
1: That's why i a GED program every day. Co-worker, money manager, I really good, very really helpful. Uh, anytime I help my homework, and my after work, I over to help my homework. Finally, I uh, get my GED diploma. Mm.
0: So every time she went to work, she would have a backpack with her, and that was her schoolwork. And her manager, her co-workers actually helped her with her homework, and she got her GED diploma. I still remember. I think I was maybe like six years old seven years old? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going to my, yeah, my mom's graduation. I was like, (laughs) what is this? It was so cool. Mm -hmm. And I think the other big thing that I'd love to touch upon is the postpartum care too. I talked about the postpartum confinement period extensively on a previous episode of Spill the Baby Tea. So if you're curious about the details, feel free to go back and listen to that episode. But for you, mom, what was that actually like for you taking care of us? Because you moved here when you were 23 and you had Annie, my sister, at 23. And when you moved here, your mom wasn't here in America with you um, she was still in China so who made you the soups the Hong sui and the foods and forced you not to
1: wash your hair or go outside <laughs> my dad's mom very good yeah uh, anyway and the mother is not uh, like a your pò mm. not that old tradition. Uh,
0: my, my dad's mom is not as traditional or old schooled as my mom's mom, my
1: papa. Congo, Yak go, China, to so it go to to up, to Monao, hung what help I'm with going a whole lesson, okay?
0: <laughs> For a whole month, my mom did not go outdoors. That is one part of the confinement period where you're not supposed to go outdoors in case, you know, wind gets in your hair and you catch a cold. Mm-hmm. But she only went out during the doctor's visits. And she also listened to everything my dad's mom told her and was always very obedient. Did she also make you the soups and the foods and everything?
1: Yes. Whatever I give you it Everything
0: that I had eaten for my postpartum confinement period was what she ate as well, except for me. I ate vegetables, fish and fruit, which apparently I wasn't supposed to, but I need a variety because I remember when I was pregnant, my mom had basically said to me, I'm going to be here in LA for six weeks to help you do this. This Tung is what it's called in our language or Zuo in Mandarin, the confinement period. And it wasn't even like an ask. It was like a, this is what you're gonna do. And for me, I was like, okay, being the good Asian daughter that I am, I will do it. But as we were going through it, we were butting heads. I think we might have cried together. No, we for sure cried together on like day three because it was really hard. The cultural and generational differences were very much fighting each other during that time. I mean, mom, do you think I was a, a really bad daughter for
1: not listening to you during that time, for questioning you? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They may get used to old style, my 100% believe old style is good my work for you. And plus, uh, not old people if, you are, if your health has problem only chance to, to fix the problem. we to fix the whole future, the healthy, the whole, would believe that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she feels very strongly about this, y'all. She yeah. said that this, this confinement period is very, very important for you. If you're the type of person that had bad health before giving birth, you can fix that
1: Only, the, only you can during this one month. Yeah, only this month can fix it. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> But in general, she said I was a relatively good daughter at listening to her. I, I listened about like 70%,
1: right? I
0: was more than 70%. More than 70? Okay, yeah. you know.
1: I'm that high <laughs> Okay.
0: <laughs> Except I didn't wear shoes in the house. Whoops.
1: <laughs> the
0: bottom of your foot is very important. Oh, oh,
1: nerves, a lot of nerves. You're warm.
0: And it has to be warm. I don't know about you, but it feels like a lot of my friends are now getting on that baby train! If you have a friend who is also expecting or have little ones still in diapers, I always recommend Pampers Swathers. With Pampers Swathers, you can also rest assured that this diaper will prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swathers has dual-leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most, and they have a blowout barrier, which is an innovative back pocket built into the diaper to help prevent those messy leaks up the back. Did you know that on average, babies will use up to 8,000 plus diapers before becoming potty trained? That is a lot. That's why Pampers Diaper Stash is the hottest baby gift for 2024. So give a gift to a loved one that says, we see you and we've got you. Pampers Diaper Stash is an online diaper fund that all parents with little ones will love. You can organize friends and family to contribute to a group gift of an online stockpile that never has to run out. Pamper's Diaper Stash is great because it takes the guesswork out of choosing what size and how many diapers to gift. It's so easy to do and it's the gift that always fits. Well now that we've talked about the postpartum confinement period, what about discipline? I don't know if I'll ever get to a point of spanking or hitting my child. It's all about gentle parenting these days. Did you hit Er Spinka's as kids mom? Yes.
1: <laughs> Just a very confident yes there. Yes. Gong gu yi yu won pang ha chu tao I don't know what that means. pang ha chu tao okay? Pang xia chu xiao That's mandarin, I still don't know what that means. So what a yi gu a. Mian gao de yao a, gao ne. Ge Okay.
0: There's a there's a, a saying in Chinese culture that if the kid doesn't
1: listen, you need to use a stick to hit them. In the in the long time ago, in the school, if them listen to the teacher, teacher they will a ruler. This happened in school. Uh, if you didn't listen, the teacher
0: will hit you with a ruler. The ruler hit your hand. All right, she's using a pen to hit her hand to show me <laughs> just how aggressively they will hit you. <laughs>
1: my hundred percent agree with some punishment is need.
0: She doesn't hundred percent believe in this statement, however, some appropriate punishment is needed. Where would you hit me? Hit the butt. My butt. Use my hand, hit your butt. <laughs> She's like motioning it right now, and I'm like, it's bringing back traumatic memories.
1: <laughs> Only hit your butt.
0: <laughs> okay, another thing. Right now, I'm not really letting my son watch television unless I need a quick break or an easy distraction. Do you remember letting us watch TV when we were younger? Did you monitor what we watched? Uh,
1: yeah. Hi, hi. Ne when uh, hok sit ye ne TV a ne hi put goni ne si uh gọi ông đến simo iPad more cellphone
0: mostly educational things but back then there was no iPad or cell phones
1: and we have only one TV in the living room. i think they understood that <laughs> yeah uh only one TV in the living room. so the, yeah, this, i also see how to do homework uh chong er liang he ge fan a de fun gao ji ti de hai ha
0: Sometimes she'll let us watch a little bit, either after we finish dinner, showered, right before bed, or on the weekends, she'll let us
1: watch TV for a little bit. But sometimes when when we go out with the friend and eat ban pang, eat ban kidney, the younger less one run run around, go and go and see how you your phone, what's the iPad. <laughs> back then, every time we went to
0: restaurants, usually as the Chinese banquet restaurants, me and all of my cousins and friends, we'd be running around. I still remember, I still have very good memories of this. We'd be running all around the restaurant, running amok, hiding under tables. There were many, many memories of us crawling and, and like touching people's legs. But she said that if she had an iPad or a cell phone back then, then for sure she would have given us a cell phone or an iPad. <laughs> what what age did you start letting us watch TV though?
1: does not remember. No, no.
0: <laughs> like as a baby? Do you remember as a baby?
1: No, baby, high?
0: No, very yeah. little as a baby. Yeah.
1: So what do I do instead? Just play. When it's okay, you might like you. you might a toys in one Lots of you know. toys. We did have a lot of toys. Yeah. Slides. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Mm.
0: what about sleeping in the same bed that was probably one of the scariest things for me as a new mom hearing from so many people about SIDS and suffocation if you are you know a deep sleeper and you have your baby sleeping next to you did I sleep in the same bed as you or did I sleep
1: in the crib sleep in the same bed with me okay
0: Were you scared? Like I was a little baby.
1: No scare at all. Every hour okay. She
0: says she doesn't know why, but when we were babies, both my sister and I every single hour we needed to eat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so at
0: nighttime she would have us basically at her boob and every time we cried she would stick a boob in our face and we would eat and then she wouldn't even know how long or for if we were full or what was going on, but she would fall asleep and basically just sleep with us.
1: <laughs> It wasn't until we stopped
0: breastfeeding. What at what age was that? Uh, uh one year. At one years old that she started putting us in the crib.
1: But lo
0: She said the moment that she put us in the crib though, once the moment our butt touched the crib, we would start crying, and so she would have to keep putting us down, and her hands started to really hurt because of that. I think that's about. I, I feel like for my second child, I would probably do the same. I think <laughs> I was I was very very nervous about the first, and I would always put him into the bassinet after we fed him, and it would take forever to put him into the crib because similarly, I think the moment his butt touched the crib, the bassinet, he would start crying. So we pick him back up and. Walk back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then put it back down. But I feel like for my second, I'm probably also going to be the same. Probably just co-sleep. Safely co-sleep. <laughs> it's called co-sleeping. Mm. It's okay. <laughs> as long as you do it safely. But
1: you sounded like you weren't scared ne- at ne- all. I i i <laughs> sleep She said, not if you're a deep sleeper, which I am.
0: She said she's not a deep sleeper, so it's okay for her. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> Well, nowadays, our generation is very big on pesticides and giving our babies organic foods and the cleanest foods. Honestly, I feel like this generation is going to grow up super soft, is what it sounds like. Is any of that something you cared about for us? What types of foods did you feed us as babies and kids?
1: When I was a I organic or not organic. I the foot really,
0: Back then, no one really cared about organic or not.
1: Yeah, book anyway. ngồi ten I can foot only. go out I can foot to easy and I a caney, I ten,
0: Mm. Generally, no canned foods or preserved foods. Only when we went out and it was convenient would she bring some of the canned foods. Otherwise, she cooked everything by herself. Which is something that I noticed with my mom too now with my kid. Like, she is very intentional about making, for example, if she makes juk, which is kind of like rice porridge, she will...
1: Squeeze orange juice. She will
0: cook a whole chicken and use the juice of the chicken to make the jook so that you're not, we're not just eating white rice porridge, it's rice mixed in chicken juice and all the nutrients of the chicken. So you get some protein in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, very intentional with that stuff. How about cereal though? I feel like back then everyone ate sugary cereal. Yes. Yeah, and then like yeah. for every breakfast, for every meal, like a lot of cereal and I would not give that to my kid nowadays.
1: Uh, Hi, hi. have cereal, yeah. And I. Yeah, you don't oat milk? We didn't like to eat oatmeal. Yeah.
0: Because you gave us cereal, that's why. Once we have the sugar, we're not gonna go back to oatmeal.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. But the doctor ain't so <laughs> <laughs> no cereal. could kill her? No.
0: She said, the cereal the doctors give us must be good. Back then, I don't think anyone cared about that stuff. Now that I have my own kid, I think about you know his future. What were your hopes and dreams for me as a kid when you were you know a young mama?
1: My hope is to send it home, uh, to men. To give you know, eat, eat, drink, drink, sleep, 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 and hang out. And have you a good kid? But I have a hot dog and more a young dog. That's it. <laughs> but you were not a really good kid by that time
0: said she wanted her hopes and dreams were for us to study, get good grades, be safe, be healthy. That's it. Mm. <laughs> and I wasn't
1: a good kid. But now I'm a good kid. You are a good kid now, yeah. I'm really happy now.
0: <laughs> How was I not a good kid back
1: then? Hi Wokida. Kid Matte Hop.
0: I hung out with a lot of other bad kids that were bad influences.
1: Yeah, I imagine. So, so,
0: so once I was no longer friends with my best friend, she was very happy! <laughs> Since you've only known me as your child your whole life, was it weird for you to, to see me as a mom? A little bit. How?
1: A little bit, you a I don't know what she just said. my kid.
0: There's a saying that as your daughter or child, even if you're ninety nine years old. You will always still be seen
1: as. Even you are hundred years old. Oh, 100 In years In ninety-nine old. years, I still worry about you. Ah. Uh. Only because they still have my daughter, yeah. And I, and I, um, be honest, they and my sister, are very good mother. still my kid. So, yes, so
0: for her, she will always see me as a kid no matter what, even if I am a mom now. Mm. Thank you. You still treat me like a kid sometimes. (laughs) Is there something that you've noticed with me as a mom that you're impressed by? back then i was the literal translation is no headed dog <laughs> so i was very chaotic unorganized
1: and <laughs>
0: but now that i'm a mom i have a head as a dog what <laughs>
1: Every
0: time we go out now, I'm very intentional with what I am doing, very organized and very well planned.
1: And tell you the truth, my sister surprised me.
0: Oh, my sister and I surprised her as moms. Well, good. I am glad to hear that. I think that might be the first time I'm getting validation as a, as a mom for my mom. So woohoo, Heard to hear on the podcast. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would like to share with our
1: listeners? Uh, right now,
0: she's very happy. Both my sister and I are now very obedient daughters.
1: And her nephews and niece are also very... Oh yeah, <laughs> grandkids.
0: <laughs> and your grandkids are also very smart and very great. Uh-huh. Uh... Yes. What would you like to say? What's your last thing you want to say to our
1: listeners? (laughs) Young people. Young people, listen up. (laughs) This is what she got to say, okay? If your mom is a very traditional woman like me, (laughs) please try to obey her (laughs) because (laughs) she... I believe that those traditional old ways are good and useful, mm. even if she cannot explain clearly. Mm. Uh-huh. I am sure your mom will be very, very happy.
0: Oh, okay. Good job, mom. <laughs> Basically, listen to your mom is what she's saying. Listen to your mama. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast with me today, mom. I know like my mom is always very fearful of coming onto the podcast and she's like, what are you going to ask me? Don't throw any new questions at me. But I think this was very helpful to hear. Um, I think back then it sounded like there was a, a lot more discipline and a lot more also just being very relaxed with taking care of the child and raising the child, but also a lot more discipline. What do you all out there think about this overall topic? Does it sound like the generation now, we're making it too easy for our kids? Or are we raising kids that, you know, feel loved and supported? (laughs) I'm curious, what are your thoughts out there? You can share your comments on the Instagram post for this episode, at Asian Boss Girl, and you can follow me at HWooWoo. Thanks, Mom.
1: You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay.
0: She says I need I need to tell I need to tell her what people say. So leave your comments.
1: <laughs> she said, don't call her crazy.
0: <laughs> for me, Mama Woo and my little bums. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye.